Good Shabbos, everybody. Good Shabbos. So I remember when I was maybe two or three, I had done something mean to my sister. And she was very angry at me, and she stormed into her bedroom. And I waited in the kitchen with my mom, and she told me that I had to apologize to my sister. Now, I was like two, so I didn't really understand that apologizing was the equivalent to saying sorry. But for some reason, I didn't really feel like asking. So I just went straight to my sister's room, and I said to her, I apologize. And that did the trick, obviously. And she hugged me, and she said it was OK. And everything was better. But the problem was that I didn't mean my apology because <laughs> I didn't even know I was apologizing, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but um, on a more serious note, how do we damage relationships? But more importantly, how can we repair them? We damage relationships when we hurt others. We insult them, we steal from them, we physically hurt them, we neglect them. When we do something wrong, according to our Torah portion this week, there's a process that we have to go through in order to repair the situation. According to Rambam, also called Maimonides, the 12th century Jewish philosopher, this, the final stage of teshuva, or repentance, is to be in the very same situation, but to act differently. Like me wanting to annoy Margot again, but refraining from doing so. In my case, though, once Margot moved out, it's no longer possible for me to annoy her constantly. <laughs> the three steps of repentance are one, realizing your guilt, two, asking for forgiveness, and three, asking for God's forgiveness. According to Rashi's understanding of Leviticus, the first step in making things right is to realize that what you have done is wrong. Rashi says that the first step the first stage occurs when the person themselves recognizes that he or she must repent, knowing and acknowledging that he or she has sinned. Now, this one seems very obvious, but it's often forgotten. How could you possibly mean it when you are apologizing if you can't even recognize what you've done wrong? With my sister, I didn't recognize what I did wrong, and it was a meaningless apology. In the case of stealing, in Leviticus 5.24, the Bible states that you have to restore the amount that you've stolen plus one-fifth of its value. But what has been stolen when we damage one-on-one -on -one relationships? Perhaps what I took from my sister is her trust in me. She told me to stop, but I didn't listen. So how would a person proceed to giving back that trust? Some people, like me, resort to endless apologies. But apologies without action can be empty gestures. Then, what if the person can't forgive you? What if the person can't trust you anymore? Obviously, we're human. But as I said before, in the last stage of teshuva, we have to try our hardest to do something different, even if we're in the very same situation. Because most of the time, it's only when somebody sees you acting on your apology can they trust you again. According to the Torah, once you've completed the first two steps, recognition and paying someone back, you now have to ask for God's forgiveness. It says that you have to present to God a ram without blemish. 
the best in the flock as a sacrifice for God to forgive you. Today, because the temple no longer exists, we don't make this type of sacrifice to God. Today, when we are asking God's forgiveness, we're making a sacrifice in a different way. When we admit our wrong to God, we are making ourselves vulnerable. How? Well, we let down that wall that gives us security, that keeps us strong, and we sacrifice that wall for God. As it says in Psalm 51, the sacrifices to God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. I remember when I was younger, I learned that ancient Egyptians, when somebody died, they would weigh their heart to see how, if they had kept a lot of guilt inside of them their whole lives, if they had done many bad things and they'd never apologized and they'd never gotten that weight off of their shoulders. And breaking our hearts by being vulnerable to God, or if you will, inviting ourselves to be honest enough to admit our powerlessness to fully undo the damage we've done, lightens our hearts. Lifting the heaviness of guilt and pain that can be so heavy on us and freeing us to live more fully. But then there's this large question of why does God care? If I've made up the per- with the person that I've wronged, why does God have to get involved at all? What we often forget as people is that everyone has a little bit of God inside of ourselves. When a person insults a fellow person, a fellow child of God, they are insulting God himself. God, as it says in Genesis, and then in the morning blessing, makes us in his image. Human beings are then a mirror for God. We're making God look bad in front of others when we do something wrong. Therefore, we should also be ashamed to do something bad because we are created in God's image. Maybe that's why God gave us shame. Ashley says that we should be aware that when we hurt another person verbally, we are not only showing disrespect for that individual, but we are also being disrespectful to God. If we taunt or ridicule others, we are actually ridiculing their divine spark of godliness as well. So there's this story from the Talmud. It's about this rabbi, and he's like walking down the street after a lot of Torah studies, feeling really good about himself. He's like, oh my God, I'm amazing. And this stranger passes by him, and he's like, shalom, peace be upon you, this unattractive stranger. And the rabbi says, Ugh, what an ugly person you are. And the stranger says, go tell the artist that made me. Go tell him that you, what you said about me. And immediately the rabbi f- realizes that he sinned. And he gets off of his donkey. And he, he, he bows down and he says, please forgive me, I've sinned. The stranger says, I will only forgive you when, God, when you go to the artist that made me and tell him what you said. Now, there's a lot left to the story, but it's kind of unimportant to what we were saying, to what we're talking about. But this was a test, and the rabbi failed it. Here, he was a great scholar and a man of Torah, but he can't apply what he knows about the Torah to his own life. Here, a stranger comes up to him, and he immediately insults him, which is basically insulting God. The rabbi is unashamed because this is the only way of learning. And now the only way for, for the rabbi to be forgiven is to face God. 
So I'd like to call forward all of those who are rebuilding trust with somebody in their life. This aliyah is for you if you are ready or willing or longing to hear and to be reminded of the power to repair that which is broken, return that which has been lost, and heal that which has been injured.